Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. You might be asking yourself, what is a mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader like myself, or if you are an astrologer, a Reiki healer, an intuitive counselor, medium, or any kind of, if you use any kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we're talking about you and we're talking to you. My name is Teresa and my buddy here. I'm Bree. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our show. So we've both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades, and that is true. That is the truth. We know what goes into running a successful business, and we know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. And Bree and I have been doing the show together once a month for, I think, again, I always forget, we're like on year five. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been doing this once a month because we really love helping out our peeps and sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years. You know, our goal is always to see our fellow mystics thrive and succeed. And in each episode of Talking Shop, we bring on a different topic and a different guest to really give you a well-rounded approach to running your business. So, Bree, let's talk about today's topic. What are we doing today? Oh, my goodness. So today we have one of our favorite people on the show. Our topic is creative photography for your soulful business. This is uh, something that we get asked about all of the time. And our guest is the one and only Danielle Cohen. And Danielle does many amazing things. In fact, she's about to launch an e-course, I believe, that she'll tell us about at some point, I'm sure. And she is an incredible photographer, and Teresa and I have both had the privilege of working with her. In fact, I just had a shoot with her last week in Santa Fe. So I'm so excited I get to talk to you again. Hello, friend. <laughs> Hi. So excited. Welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We're super <laughs> pumped to talk to you. So thanks for tuning in to listen, everyone. Let's get the show started and welcome Danielle. Yay, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Well, Danielle, we're both big fans of yours because we've both worked with you. And, you know, I just want people to know in who are listening in, there really is a difference between doing your own shots and really working with a pro. And my experience with you has been so fantastic because I'm one of those people, I do not like being in front of the camera. And Bree and I were just talking about how neither one of us are into it, but there's something about being with you, suddenly we kind of got into it. So we just want to say that for people (laughs) who are listening. That's so great. Yeah, it's amazing. So, Let's talk about being creative because you really do have an incredibly creative way of, of course, working with people, but also just all of your work. I love it so much. You just have such a great eye. So in your words, what I'd like you to answer is, what does it mean to be creative? Ooh. um, So it's funny. I I think of myself as sort of a reluctant creative. I... um, I spent the I spent the majority of my life thinking I was not a creative person, and certainly not an artistic person. And I was always very drawn to art and very drawn to and in awe of create of what I was deeming as creative people. And um, 
somewhere along the line, it really became so clear to me in almost like a, you know, duh kind of way. We're all creating all the time. That's just the way that it goes, whether we're creating human beings by having babies or creating a business or creating a spreadsheet or creating a meal, it doesn't matter. A conversation, everything requires, it's it's in our biology to create. And so that for me sort of takes, levels the playing field a little bit and, and takes sort of this feeling of there being creatives and non-creatives and, and kind of called BS on that. Um, and for me, that's sort of liberating. And it also then, I guess my next question that I try to ask myself and ask the people around me or the people that I work with is, what is it that you're wanting to create now? And so, so for example, if I'm working with someone who's wanting to do photos for their uh, business, particularly if they have a mystical-based business, that's where we'll start. You know, what is it that you're wanting to create and, and how can the photos support that in happening? And I know that's a little bit of a, a segue from your question, but there is a tie-in. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, Bree, what would you have to add to that? Oh, I love, I mean, I, I, I love what you say about, you know, this, this whole idea that there are, like, creatives and then non-creatives. Um, being BS. I think that's exactly Mm -hmm. right. I remember when I heard coach speak is the way that I think of it, right? Talking about like the creative class. And I was like, what what does this creative class thing mean? Like, I thought that was everyone. So, (laughs) what it makes me think of when people say that, it's the same as when people talk about intuition. It makes it sound like you know, only right. certain people are creative or only certain people are intuitive, but we're all creative and we're all intuitive. And we just, you know, some people just use it a little bit more than others or use it differently than others. That's right. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I also want to say I in no way, when I say those things, whether to myself or others, I'm in no way diminishing those who have a high level of mastery with a particular medium. I mean, that requires discipline. Certainly there are people that are born with a natural talent in in whatever. I mean, we all have some natural talent in something, but there certainly are people that seem to have something that's a little more obvious and a little bit fully formed right out of the gate. It's part of the great mystery, right? But for the majority of people, it comes down to where have you put your time? Have you decided, have you chosen a thing, whether that's tarot or photography or painting, to really, really, really um, develop mastery over? And so when I say, you know, everyone's a creative, most everyone's a photographer. That doesn't mean that everybody is of the same caliber. And also caliber is subjective. So there's so many levels and layers in there. Um, But I do think it's important that we give ourselves both the freedom and then maybe even a little bit the responsibility to not be able to hide behind there are creatives and not creatives and I'm not a creative, therefore I'm not going to express or therefore I'm not going to create. Because that, I think that can be problematic on many levels. Yes. Yes, I so agree. So I want to ask, since you, you talked about 
You mentioned photos right out, off the gate, and that is a big topic that we're covering tonight. I want to ask you along these lines, like, why are images so important for a person's business? I think that you have I, – I know that you're going to have things to say about this. And I also want to know, do you think that now an online business can do okay without having compelling images and arresting images? Well, I mean, okay, so so I'll answer the last question first, and that is I personally, in my life, there are so few absolutes. So is it within the realm of possibility that someone can have an online business and have zero or terrible photography on there and, and be wildly successful? Sure. It's within the realm of possibility. I mean, do I think that that is coherent with what, the majority of people are trying to create when they put a business out into the world? No, I don't. And do I think that it um, it creates sort of a, a block for yourself if you go that route? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I really do. Like, whether you are – okay, so now let me back up to, to why I think the photos really make a difference. And there's maybe two ways I look at this. And one goes back to I was raised – by a restaurateur who who was impeccable with his attention to details specifically around service. And so the, the hostesses, and this was like a mid-level restaurant, not fine dining, but the hostesses went through a two-week-long training process before they were even on the floor because the first thing that you see when you walk into the restaurant is the hostess and how that person greets you, holds the space, you know, looks you in the eye or doesn't, all of those things impact potentially everything that follows from there. Now, everything that follows from there needs to be excellent in order for the whole experience to be excellent, right? But it's a big piece. And so I think of that in many ways when I look at almost any kind of online business. I want to look into the eyes of someone still. Even though we've walked away from so many brick-and-mortar businesses and it's given us so much more freedom and so much more possibility and there's such beauty and power in it, I don't want to lose the humanity. I don't want to lose the connection. And if I'm in a mystical industry, I also I want most of the women and, and men, for that matter, that I work with that are in the um, spiritual realms or mystical realms or anything that's that's remotely non-mainstream, which is the majority of my people, they care that, that credibility comes through. And one of the greatest ways to instantly create connection and credibility is eye contact. You know, people look at yeah. someone yeah. And, mm -hmm. and they know, are you my person? Oh, I, ultimately, I ended up, even though I'm a photographer, and even though it was wildly outside my comfort zone, I put a picture up of me on my homepage because I heard myself saying it to other people so often. And then I had, you know, a portrait of all these people that I love so much on my site. And I thought, Hmm, maybe I should walk my talk a little on this. And the truth is, is getting in front of a camera is really scary for almost every one of us. It's a completely unnatural thing, right? Like to have somebody pointing something at us, looking at us with intention and um, it's so vulnerable. And so 
I feel like if you're going to hire me, you deserve to be able to see who I am. You deserve to look me in the eye and know, at least have a sense of, am I right for you? Obviously, that may not be everything, and we'll have a conversation in the next steps. But I think that's across the board with almost every single business. But I do think the more sort of non-mainstream, almost the the, the importance goes up maybe even more. I 100% agree. Yeah, trust is just so important. Well, you know, I'm a really visual person, and, you know, I I know for myself I want to see things, especially because I actually, you know, have also a hearing issue. Uh, So seeing is really important to me. Seeing images and pictures, it will instantly give me a feeling of what somebody's all about, exactly what you said, the trust thing. You know, even when I do things like email readings, I love it when a client will send a picture because I take a moment to just gaze at the picture and just get a connection with that person's energy. And that's the thing with headshots and pictures on your site that show you. It allows people also to connect with your energy. That's right. Yes. Mm hmm so, you know, let's yeah. go ahead and talk about some of the mechanics because here's yeah. my my thing is I I, I actually have my, my nice little fancy camera I bought here and my iPhone, my two things that I want to use, um, <laughs> and I'm going to start really wanting to learn a lot about taking pictures. So could you tell our audience what equipment you recommend, especially for those of us like myself who are beginners or graphically challenged? Mm, okay. Okay. So, well, first, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by graphically challenged. Like, well, as you know, far as creating graphics after with your images, that type of thing? Well, just, you know, when we look at pictures, maybe we're nervous. We don't know about composition or uh, we don't okay, know how to okay. work equipment to make pictures look good. So, right. that kind of thing. Okay. So, uh, this is such a great and fun question. And um, last fall, I, with a partner, wonderful photographer, Tracy Clark, she and I had created a program together, and we locally, we ran sort of a mix of creativity and women's circles, and they were photography-based. It was really fun because I had all of this, we had all these different ideas and concepts that were really expressive and creative and really coming from that angle. However, what we found was that repeatedly people were coming back with yeah, but I still want to know how to make my camera do what I want it to do. And so ultimately created a one, you know, kind of a full all-encompassing workshop that takes you from, takes you through composition, framing, lighting, and how to get at least into a half manual mode. So this is the thing when it comes to equipment and when it comes to photography, which are, I'll address separately. So with equipment, you know, it's a little bit of you want to be able to use whatever you have and equipment does and doesn't matter. So anybody who says that, you you know, you can make something beautiful with any camera, that is true. However, every single lens, every camera body, every camera phone has its pros and its limitations. That's just the way that it goes. So getting really real about that stuff I think is a smart thing to do. Now, for me, if you're at, if you were to say to me, what DSLR should I get and what lens should I get? I would say start with, I mean, I'm a lover of Canon. So, you know, it's a little bit like if you're a Windows person or a Mac person. There's just, it's 
it's not necessarily that one's better than the other. Canon and Nikon are certainly both wonderful brands, and there's lots of other great brands. But once you know the language of one, it's nice to just stick with that. So for me and the students I work with, I'm always encouraging them to go with Canon. And I think you get yourself, if you really are, are like, you want to do this and you want to see something that's going to be, that's going to change your photography, get an inexpensive 50 millimeter lens. Now, inexpensive means it's going to be a couple hundred dollars. But with most really pro lenses being in the thousands, that's inexpensive. And it will change your photography world. You get that really lovely depth of feel that everyone gets so excited about where there's kind of the fuzzy softness or the bouquet, which is more about like almost blurred out circles around your subject. That's, that's a lens is going to do that. Now, the brand new Apple 7, I think, does that in its portrait mode. I don't have one, but I've played with it a little bit. So, there, you know, technology is constantly changing, which is also why I say, just get something that has enough technology to it that it, it can do things, but isn't so complex that you're going to get overwhelmed, shut down, and keep it in auto all the time. And then from there, invest in your learning, because that's really where no, there are no shortcuts to mastery. That's just the way it goes. You have to learn, and you have to put in the time. So, you know, you find a good class, or if you have the patience, you sit through a bunch of YouTube videos. It depends on your learning style. Um, and identify some things that you want to shoot. There's, a, there's so many tools and so many people available out there that I know I love mentoring people in that way. It's just fun. It's fun for and satisfying personally, and then also it translates so well for your business. When you can start creating mm -hmm. images, you know, supporting images for your social media and whatnot yourself. So, Bree, what kind of so, camera do you have? I'm really nosy now. <laughs> I have, you know what, it, that's such a good question. I have a Canon, and I would have to look up. It was, it was, it looked similar to, like, what you had, Danielle, and Danielle and I have a mutual friend, Rox, Roxy. It's what she has. And David got it okay. for me a couple of years ago, and I haven't um, – I really love it. I have two lenses. I have, like, a longer-range lens and then kind of, like, the short – you know, just the normal lens that it comes with, and I love both of them. And I've used it a lot to take pictures, like, in nature, like when we go for a hike um, or when yeah. we go out. I really – and I like it because it's not huge. Like, it's, it's small enough that I can put it around my neck. And I haven't used the pictures a ton in my work yet, but I feel like I can see that there is a period where I will, where I have all of these awesome images to call on. And I haven't even really like taken a class or learned how to use it. My husband has a little bit of experience, so like he's taught me. But really, it's you know I think some of it for me is just starting to play with it, kind of like learning a language. Like I do best if I just immerse myself in it and kind of start to figure it out. And so that's yep. what I've been doing. But I also, you know, if, if I was going to go in that direction, I, w I knew that I would want to study with somebody in person or in a one-on-one -on -one capacity just to get the right training. And, Teresa, right. I, love, I love your, on your iPhone, I love the lights. The Kardashian lights that I really <laughs> made fun of. They, they made us look so good, though. Yeah, I've got this uh, phone that I, I got this phone case, Danielle. It's called the Lumi. 
And Ooh. apparently that's what the Kardashians use to get all their great selfies. Not that I'm ever going to look like one of those gals. <laughs> that's what that's a squad goal here. But uh I, I have to say it has this like built in lighting and it really does make a difference for your selfies. So it's that's awesome. That's so fun. That's so fun. I love that. And, you know, um, I, I just, I, I think that the technology part, so a camera really, like any DSLR, is basically a little robot. They actually use the term AI in a variety of places in the, you know, with the functions of the camera. So that's intimidating, but it's also lovely. If you think about it in the standpoint of all your camera wants to do is give you what you want. Your job is to learn how to tell it what you want. Mm -hmm. So when you have it in auto, it's basically going to look at the entire scenario. You know, a camera is is designed to create, quote, unquote, perfect exposure. But first of all, not everybody wants perfect exposure. Some people want something really light and bright. Some people want something kind of dim and broody and moody. And sometimes you do want perfect exposure. And then there's other times where, let's say, for example, you know, Bree and I were walking down the street in Santa Fe, and she had the sun behind her. So my camera, if I had it in auto, is going to look at that and is going to go, oh, my gosh, too much light, too much light. Really fast shutter speed. Really, It's going to do make all these adjustments. There's basically three different places that it will adjust for perfect exposure. And it's going to say, shut it down. We've got too much light. And so I'm going to end up with a dark image. But I didn't want a dark image. I want to say to my camera, I don't care. Let all that light in. Do it anyway. You're going to do what I tell you. So I override it in manual. And I tell it, let all that light in. And I get this, what I personally think is a really beautiful, sort of blown out, which is a technically wrong thing, shot where all this light is flooding, flooding through and it feels a little angelic and very ethereal. And that's something in that moment that I want. Um, and you know, so that makes, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, and when I think of Brie, you know, because I know Brie so well, the idea of something angelic and ethereal is her that's her energy and you're right now the way you're describing this is you're not just boom 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 let me click this perfect shot you're finding the perfect shot and perfect expression of her that's right and and that oh yeah so yeah that's a very different i mean there's the technical piece and having the ability to you know to get your camera to be your ally really because again my camera wants to give me what i want i just have to know how to communicate with it and then when i'm working with my client i'm looking at who are they what are the different facets of who they are now i'll tell you i have had for me it's very much and it depends on if it's a personal session versus a branding session and what the intention is for that person i As a a little side note, I had a woman who was a recent widow with a very young baby and um, like maybe seven-month-old baby, and it was Christmas time, and she wanted to do a Christmas session. And we went out onto the bluff um, near my house, and it's a beautiful sort of a little bit of a desolate landscape. And she had this really small Christmas tree that was kind of a Charlie Brown-looking Christmas tree, and she had her baby on her hip. And we did a variety of photos. And they were beautiful. I mean, they were really beautiful. But she said to me, but I just look so sad. Mm. And and for me, I was, because 
so here's the thing. Photos are storytellers, right? They're not necessarily truth tellers. They are what we want them to be. And in that particular situation, my understanding was we were documenting the right now. There wasn't a conversation that said, you know what, I just need to see joy in my face. I just need, or I want to send something out to the world that says I'm still smiling and happy. It was very much, let's document right now. And in that right now, there was still more sadness than maybe what she realized. So this this connecting part and this really being being ready to step in front of the camera and to know what you want or to not know what you want but be excited to be curious and have some wonder and exploration, it's all these different pieces. And that's the difference between maybe putting a timer up and doing a selfie and working with someone. And even that being said, I know some inc people, some photographers who do incredible self-portrait work. You know, so not to diminish that, but generally speaking, having someone to have those conversations with, to decide what your intention is, and then to be able to be yourself enough in front of them that they have the opportunity to capture these different facets of you. Because I'll tell you, taking Brie as an example, absolutely angelic and ethereal, but there are other shots where she is absolutely fierce. Mm -hmm. And other shots where she's just, you know, super joyful and and power kept coming through a lot as well and there were some kind of like rich intense colors and and depths so there was a variety of um you know we're not we're multifaceted right so it's not one expression and very rarely is that what i'm intending to get i want to see you because I, I, I think I mean, that. Yeah. Well, I I had that experience. Like I so felt, I so felt seen, and that was what I told my husband, and it's what I told Teresa. Like I loved the entire process because I felt really seen, and you know, I feel like this is this is answering the question of those. You know, for those who feel graphically challenged, I think for many of us, it's like, well, where do you start? And it almost sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know, you can start anywhere, but you but you need to be keen into the story, right, that you want to tell. Like, what's the story that you want to tell? Because that's going to, in a way, determine your starting point. That's right. Yes. Or who are you talking to? You know, who are you talking mm -hmm. to and what do you want to tell them? And and that's a very big difference from, say, a personal portrait session that's more about self-exploration or just really seeing oneself. And the other, which is I want my business people, you know, my soulful business people to see me and to know that I can hold this for them or I can create that for them or, or whatever that is. And kind of identifying, um, you know, what the most important thing that you're wanting to communicate with them. And I will say this, if because the truth is, is not everybody's in a position to sign up to do a photography session, you know, with a great photographer. One little hack that I will share is give a camera to someone that you have massive amounts of unconditional love for and that you know has massive amounts of unconditional love for you. So oftentimes that's like your kid. Um, but somebody that where there's just this this easy kind of you can be yourself 
and let them take a picture of you. Because that, if nothing else, the love is going to come through. And ultimately, if that's the only thing you communicate, then you've got that going for you. And then you save up and you work with a photographer to do something bigger, you know, that tells a bigger story. But I think that's a great way to start or a great hack if you can't start inside of a photography session. Yes, I agree with that. I remember when we gave Jasper, my little one, a camera for the first time and he was taking pictures of us. And I was like, I love his pictures of me. Like, he's so, he's so got me, you know? And, I mean, they're, like, totally off-center and, like, you know, like, technically not right. But they're, but I love them. I so love them. So I want to. And you can coach them a little bit with that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super open. So I want to seg into kind of the opposite question, which is what equipment or even investments, do you see people making when it comes to photography, it comes to pictures, that you think are not necessarily, are not necessary? Like they've been sold a bill of goods. <laughs> you don't I, I think, yeah, I think it's usually too much equipment and not enough education. I think that's really probably the biggest downfall is when I see someone with like a Canon 5D Mark III $2,000 camera body and they're only using, you know, 2% of its potential and they don't understand why their photos aren't coming out. And that's because you actually need to give yourself more credit than that and realize that, yes, the camera matters. Yes, the lenses make a difference, but not nearly as much as the person behind it. So I really, really, really think that the education and the time, you've got to invest time and you've got to invest some learning, whatever that learning looks like. You know, that doesn't doesn't mean go sign up for a community college thing. Again, it goes back to either finding someone to mentor with or doing a workshop or even self-teaching with books and videos if that's your thing. But, or, you know, a lot of people, I don't say this, but most people would say, um, read your manual. And I don't say that only because, oh my God, have you ever picked up a camera manual and tried to read it? <laughs> it's, I don't have that sort of patience. You know, I love the workshop that we created because of that. I think it's a really great way to go really deep and intense on the technology. And by technology, I mean both the equipment technology and then also, like you were saying, composition and framing and how to see which that stuff can be just mind-blowing. It depends on where you are. You know, you may already know two-thirds of it, and in which case it's refining, and that's equally powerful. But if you really don't have some of those concepts yet, learning them changes everything. So then let's segue into talking about taking really gorgeous, soulful pictures. Um, and also what I'd be curious about, too, and this is something I do, is I like to take pictures when I'm on the fly with my iPhone. So mm-hmm. if you could give us advice about how to take, you know, pictures that you can use for your blog or your site, pictures that you could take on the fly, what is your advice about taking gorgeous, soulful pictures? Well, you know, I think um, when it comes to those types of of photos that are integrated into our business and to be completely transparent it's something that I'm in an internal conversation with myself about on the regular because I both have a really big beautiful business world and I have a really big beautiful personal family world 
um, and also some overlap in there. And so sometimes I'm so, well, I'll just go with this. I'm so multifaceted that I get concerned, does it look disjointed? Um, you know, I'll see people who work really, really hard at creating these incredibly cohesive um, aesthetics, and it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Now, for me, when I'm, when I look at that, sometimes it can feel so contrived that the soul piece of it doesn't feel as present. And so for me, I give, I have to be willing for myself to give up some of the perfectionism in order to allow the authenticity to come through. Um, and so that's, that's sort of what, and, and it's also what I crave a little bit of. I love beautiful imagery. I really do. And I want to know what's really happening in your world. So I don't want to see everything so perfect and so contrived that I don't, um, that I can't connect, that it feels uh, unattainable. So I think that one thing to do is have a mix of things, and it obviously it depends very, very much. Are you selling an experience in your business? Are you selling a product? Are you selling a service? So, you, you know, it's, I'm giving very general thoughts, and when someone works with me and we're kind of creating a plan for their social media and their photography, um, it's very specific to who they are what their business is and who their business is and who their people are. So this is all very broad. But I do think that with almost everyone, it's really lovely to have a mix of things that are very thoughtfully and intentionally created, as well as sort of a lifting of the veil and seeing a little bit of what happens behind the scenes. I mean, that's a, a really fun thing to do periodically and a really nice thing for people to get to see. Um, and I think that being intentional, you know, it, which is, I think taking photos and doing things that are creative from a place of following your creative impulses, absolutely, really, really important. But if you're trying to use your photos in a strategic way for your business, that's where I think maybe slowing down and then looking at the bank of images you have and, and using them to support the story that you're wanting to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super, super, super helpful. So, you know, remembering that there is a thread, that there's a there's a thread running through, especially like you said, if you're a business, everything that you put out there for public consumption, like everything that you document, and how those things speak to that common thread. That's right. That's right. And so when I share things that are not in any way, shape, or form related to a business session with me, but I'm sharing something that's authentic and real and, um, and that I want to share, uh, it's still informing people about who I am. And that may or may not help them make a decision about whether they want to work with me. And I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, because we want people to, to go to the right person for the job. And that's I know right. for, right, I know for me that there's people that I'm not their right tarot reader. You know, I mean, there's pictures of me on Instagram eating a chicken little <laughs> sandwich. I'm <laughs> the wrapper. That's not going to appeal to everybody. And But I want to put that stuff out there because, you know, this is, 
this is who I am, and, and, and it really helps our, our people find us. It helps them to self-select. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's true. And, you know, Teresa, I think of you, because we've traveled together quite a bit, and, you know, you always, one of the things that I've always loved about your pictures is you often find things written on the sidewalk or yeah. written on buildings. Like, you are you have a nose for that. And, and I love it because it's so oracular. You know, it's such, That's it's right. such a, it's so oracular, and that is, I mean, you're the tarot lady. You know, and so this idea that divination is everywhere and that it's a way of life, like I, you know, when I'm with you and then when I see you posting pictures on social media of those things, you know, it just, it resonates so strongly with who you are and what you bring forward. And, you know, the same thing with your food pictures, like because a session with you, when people work with you, they feel so nourished and so well taken care of. And I think your food picks really speak to that, like, aspect of your work. Oh, thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah, that, I was actually going to say something very, very similar. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to give a little giveaway on one of my daily prompts in this upcoming course that I have. And it's actually exactly about this. So, so talking about photography as sort of uh, an oracular tool in in that sense and a story that i share is of my one of my sons a few years ago when he was right in the heart of the teenage years and you know i've been very blessed with teenagers that have been relatively and by relatively i mean very healthy and yet they're teenagers and they're doing teenagery things and this was a moment that felt particularly precarious, and he had just met me out in Portland, and we were walking along a trail, and he actually had a camera in his hand. And he was in front of me, and I look up, and he's walking away from me, which is always so, you know, metaphorical and bittersweet and, and beautiful and all of the things. And I look up on above him, and there's a sign that says, please stay on path. Mm. And so I took the picture, and things with him became even more precarious. And that picture was just so, uh, I felt so mirrored in that moment by the universe and world around me. And then uh, just not too long ago, a couple of years later, we were visiting the college that he is attending and had been accepted to. And he's walking away from me again, just by coincidence. None of this in any way was contrived or, you know, there wasn't even a stop. It was just let him go as he's walking away. And there's this music stand uh, off to the side, and on it it says the name of the university and music education program. And it's this other major moment of, you know, that because that's the program he's going into. And those images for me were so powerful and so uh, oracular and also just, those, you know, those moments where you really have this very direct mirroring back from the universe of what's happening right now. And that's really beautiful. And when we are able to pay a little more attention to those things, and, and you know, that comes in all kinds of ways, the heart-shaped signs or shapes on the stucco and in the rocks and all the different ways that maybe that's the symbol that we've asked to be shown or there's all different ways that that can happen, and it's really beautiful. And, and documenting it with our camera, it just adds a layer um, to our practice 
really, our own even spiritual practice. And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think when yes. we see other people's photos, and this is something else that that I think is really key, there is never an image that doesn't have the photographer in it. So in every photo that's taken, you are seeing how that photographer is seeing the world. And that is very telling, right? Like that gives us a lot of information. So I think that's another way that um, as far as how photography, your own photography in your social media can impact your business, is it kind of gives uh, your viewers the opportunity to see how you see the world. And that's really beautiful and really Mm -hmm. generous, right? Yeah, right on. Absolutely. So, you know, as as we're talking about us taking pictures, a question that often comes up is what tools are best for editing? Do we need to get something like Photoshop or are there other things that you recommend or do you recommend that the editing happen behind the lens? Like what's your take on that? Well, I think it it depends, you know, are we talking about a um Are we talking about an iPhone or are we talking about a DSLR? So that would be my first question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let us know what you would recommend for an iPhone or for a DSL for editing. I'd like to know both. So I would say, yeah, so I would say starting with an iPhone um, in, and assuming that you're on social media and that's how you're using your pictures, uh, Instagram has really great editing tools inside of it. Now, I'm not talking about the filters, which are fine. If that's what you want to use, that's fine. But I do think that it's really good practice to start to learn what the other tools can do. So if you go into Instagram, and you can actually use Instagram exclusively for all of your editing and never post on social media. You just put your phone in airplane mode, do your editing, and the, the posting will fail, and it should save a copy for you. If it doesn't, you need to check something in your settings. But that's one way to use Instagram for everything. And I, I recommend, so if you, go, if you go into your Instagram and you open it, and it'll have two little options. One says filter, and I believe the other one says edit. Um, so you click on, you, you know, you grab your photo, you go to next, you click on edit, and then from there you'll see there's all these different options, adjust, brightness, contrast, structure, warmth, saturation, all these different things. I recommend go through each one and take the little levers and turn them all the way one way, all the way the other way. Don't be afraid. You're not going to break anything, you know, and go through and just start playing with what happens when you make it really bright, what happens when you break. And sometimes, oftentimes, what we want to do is something very, very subtle, but in order to find that right place, it's, it's like I find one of the easiest ways when you're struggling with, oh, I don't know, take it to the extreme and then bring it back until you start to feel yourself viscerally, feel yourself kind of go, ah, oh, yeah, like that's where I want to be. And then stop and then go to the next thing and do kind of the same thing. So you really can do a whole lot just inside of Instagram just inside of the edit feature without even using a single filter. So that's, to me, one of the best tools out there. And every phone also has its own in-phone kind of, you know, editing. 
you can do so much just by changing brightness, shadows, contrast, sharpness. If you just do those things, you can change everything. And also temperature. Temperature is where you make the photo really warm or you make it very, very cool or somewhere in between. So those are very, very easy. And I am a big fan of, particularly when you're starting something, keeping it as simple and easy as possible, even though I'm also a big fan of checking out every new fun little app out there. <laughs> so there's tons and tons of really great apps with all kinds of filters, but I recommend that even when you use the filters, um, that you play with the adjusting of things a little bit. So you make it, you know, more of your own piece of art and not just something that's been overlaid. Although, you know, if, if that's not important to you and you just are looking for, I want a really cohesive social media look to communicate this, then you know what? Pick a filter that you love and use it every time. And that's okay too, because that might work great for what depends on what your business needs are. And then with a big camera, um, I love Lightroom. I really love Lightroom. You can just move so much more quickly than Photoshop. Photoshop is great if you are a graphic designer or if you want to do really detailed things, um, a lot of which you can also do in Lightroom. But from an ease and speed, uh, Lightroom is just wonderful. Now, it's wonderful. It's all of those things, but it is more expensive, and it's another learning curve. So unless you're wanting to go and learn it, you know, that may not be a can of worms you want to open. You can go on to PicMonkey online. It's called PicMonkey.com, and, and it's free. And you can do some editing very similar to what you can do in Instagram and edit your photos there. Uh, and that may be better use of your time. That may be more effective for what you have going on. Well, I will say that I use PicMonkey, and it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's really good for those of us who are graphically challenged. So I'm going to give a big shout out for it. It's very easy to use, and I actually have the pro version, and I think I have to yeah. spend like forty bucks a year for it, and you get all these extra doodads and whatnot. So it's it's quite quite a good tool. It is a good tool, and it right built into it, it will format things for you know it has a bunch of pre shaped sizes yeah. for things. You can put text over things if that's your jam. Like there's all kinds of um, great ways to play. Or if you're just doing it for personal, you can, there's all, there's layers of fun to be had in there without having to spend a fortune or learn a whole nother tool. Right, right. So we're getting really close to the end. We know you have to um, take off soon. But we, you know, Bree and I both have had such fantastic experiences working with you. So we want to go ahead and talk about headshots and working with a professional photographer. What are your tips for headshots and all that jazz? Ooh. Well, I think first and foremost, um, maybe these are tied with one another. One is being ready. And ready just means willing, really, and and ready to put in the time to show up, to, you know, be present, to know that you may have resistance show up and suddenly something wants to get in the way of you going. I mean, really, stepping in front of a camera can be very, very triggery for people. 
Um, so, you know, to know a little bit of that and to expect a little bit of that and to be willing to move forward anyway, I think is really important, that sort of internal readiness. And then uh, finding a photographer that you really do connect with, whose work that you love and who you feel like, I mean, when it's for your business, I feel pretty strongly that you want someone who's going to hold the vision with you, who's going to ask you questions like, what do you want people to feel when they look in your eyes in this photo? What do you want them to know? You know, what is that kind of stuff, like somebody who, who gets it at the level of being an online business person and having something soulful and important that you're trying to do in the world and that will hold that with you. And that way they also know how to recognize when you're in that space and have that conversation with you in sort of an organic way so you can kind of just unfurl. And ultimately, the camera hopefully starts to disappear and you're just being with that person during your session. Um, and then, you know, there's also lots of practical things like if you're, if you know that you're going to do headshots, maybe once I personally think and most of my clients end up doing it about once a year. So I think that's another thing is budgeting for it and being aware of it and, it, and having that expectation that yes, this might feel really, really huge the big, the first time in particular, and it is. And also, it's something you're going to do somewhat regularly because we are online business owners and we're in a digital world. And one of the beautiful things about that means we get to update things and move things along and kind of follow our own journey. So if one year you're going through a blue hair phase, that's great. But two years later, you might be in a pink hair phase. And so you might want to just keep in mind that you're going to want to update that stuff. And in that same vein, if you know that, um, you know, you are typically a blonde, but you're really thinking that for a month or so you're going to play with, you know, a mermaid look or something, maybe don't do that for your session. You know, don't do something, <laughs> don't do something that's going to feel inauthentic for yourself two months later because it's just going to bum you out. You're going to feel like, shoot. I never wore red nail polish. Why did I wear red nail polish that day? Like now it doesn't feel like me. And likewise, if you have, say, um, almost like a business persona or a business kind of, I guess persona is the word that you, that you embody when you're in that mode, lay it on. Do that stuff. Be her or him for that session and let that come through. So, again, it goes back to intention connection, finding the right person, taking it seriously enough that you're willing to invest and show up fully so you get every bit of greatness out of it, and then also having a good time and letting go. That's really brilliant mm -hmm. advice. You know, the worst advice I ever got for <laughs> for getting uh, photos was I wanted to get a good driver's license picture and I read online mm -hmm. that you should wear like 10 times more makeup than you normally do. <laughs> and, like, you shouldn't smile and you should like stick your chin out. So I followed all this advice thinking I'm going to get this great shot. And it looks like this it looks like this <laughs> prostitute uh, mug shot. It is so awful and terrible. And I'm stuck with this now for like a decade. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so there's some advice that we shouldn't ever follow and 
So if anybody ever reads that kind of advice, don't follow that. Listen to what Danielle says, and you're going to get great pictures. You're not going to look like a mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, because I work with a handful of really amazing hair and makeup people and artists, and they um, and and I have so many clients who you know they don't makeup's not their thing or they want to do it themselves or they're just more natural than that, you know that's how it feels for them. But who have also at times decided you know what why not? And partly for some of them it's it's felt ritualistic, you mm-hmm. know, in that mm-hmm. like I'm being adorned sort of way. And I will tell you it has been remarkable for how the photos come out because mm. I mean it, and that again it has so much to do with the type of artist that you're using but the the people I work with are amazing and they don't it's not a different you that comes out on the other side it's, there's nothing clowny about it or hyper glammed up unless maybe that's your look but you know it's just sort of this enhanced beauty and what I notice though when somebody does it it is a little bit of a ritual and I see them sit a little taller and just feel kind of like, you know, how we all feel really when we, I mean, I'm crazy busy. I'm in some sort of pajama type outfit 90% of the time. When I actually put something on and I put some lipstick on, it feels fun. It feels good. I look a little, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, who's that girl? You know, that's kind of fun. So there's all kinds of ways to approach it. Not a whole lot of guaranteed right or wrong, but just check yourself. If you if you find yourself going, no way, I'm not doing hair and makeup, explore that a little bit more because you might be getting in your own way. And certainly don't do something like try a new hairstylist two days before or stay up all night and drink too much the night before. Like don't sabotage yourself, you know, because that's not actually how you are the majority of the time. So you want to see yourself in your exalted state, right? Unless you're doing some sort of exploration of something else. But when we're talking about for business, that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I so I so agree. That is super, super helpful. So awesome. So I want to ask just really, really quickly, Danielle, because I yeah. know that you are going to be taking off in the next, like, four minutes. Um <laughs> Before but I, before you go, okay, will you tell us like where people can find us and tell us tell, can find you rather and tell us um, what you're you know what you're up to and what you're offering. I know that you're about to bring out this new course. Like, where can people sign up for that? What is it going to be? I just want to make sure we get all of your good information before you take off. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, so the best places to find me are either on my site, which is danielle-cohen.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-C-O-H-E-N.com. And on my newsletter, which is where I tend to be probably uh, a mix of both the most personal place as far as my sharing goes and also very practical, or at least I'm trying to be more practical there and make sure that everybody knows where I'm going to be because I recognize that sometimes people don't realize that I may be in their town and then that's really helpful because you're not having to pay travel to get me to you. So, um, so yeah, if you're wanting to sort of track where I am and also hear some of my thoughts on beauty and, um, and why beauty matters so much, which for me is really a 
an important conversation. That's a good place to be. And on Instagram, and Instagram is um, is possibly going to be making, I'm going to be making some changes with my Instagram account and showing more of my uh, client work and professional work there because I, I just can't always do justice um, to the sessions by putting enough blog posts out. And so I want people to get to see uh, what it looks like and who they are. And I love, love, love. I mean, I truly fall in love with every person who's ever stepped in front of my camera. Some people, like you two, I was already in love with. So that's a bonus. But there's <laughs> just something about that process. And so I get so excited to want to share. It, you know, I I both feel protective of the intimate space that gets created, but I also I want to be a connector and for, you know, more and more people to know about what you're up to in the world and who you are. And so that's, that's sort of how Instagram, my Instagram works. And um, as far as what I'm up to, I, I do have a sweet, very sweet, very accessible um, course, very simple but potent that will be starting on June 1st called Behold. And it sort of came from a mix of um, a desire to just share, like, you know, what kind of daily creative uh, practices can we have that can fit into a very, very busy life and a very full life where you don't necessarily have the luxury to get out uh, a canvas and painting and, you know, go into something really big. But almost everybody can write a few words or take a picture. And mm -hmm. and then within that, I personally have experienced a fair amount of magic, both metaphorically mm -hmm. and otherwise. And so it, it's just a fun opportunity for me to share that. And I also get people who, because of distance or money, um, are wanting to work with me and can't, and it's really important to me. I mean, I have was a single mom for many, many, many years. I Accessibility is really important, and uh, I want to have things out there that money and distance aren't a barrier for, and this is one of those things. Um, so that's really fun, and you can find that on my site. It's called Behold, um, and it's really about how we see our world and how that can feed us and nourish us. And then I have my session work, which I love and I will absolutely be continuing. So I will be in Portland. I, I, I'm just going to be a little all over the place. I'll be in, New, in Northern California and Portland over the summer, maybe a little bit on the East Coast, Colorado in the fall, um, and a few other places. And, and that's where staying in touch on my newsletter is a really good place to be so that you can just see. And if any, that's the other thing is if, if somebody reaches out to me and says, you know, I really wish you would come here and do a workshop for me and my group of friends or I need a session, then that's also something that I will continue to offer as much as I can. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. So, yes, so good to be you. anywhere with you two. We agree. We have to be all three together soon. Yeah, but for now, yeah, this is the I love when you said about falling about falling in love with your with your subject because I definitely fell in love with you, and I know Teresa did as well. So we it is mutual, and we love you, and we're so glad that we got to have you tonight. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And go and enjoy your night with your family, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Mm, I'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. All well, right, should we should we wrap up? We need we yep, we need to wrap, wrap this up? puppy up. Let's do it. So, as usual, we like to ask, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? What did you learn, my friend? Well, the thing that was my biggest takeaway was when she really talked about getting the education with your camera and taking classes and really learning the equipment because I'm one of those people that's only been using this this auto thing. And interestingly enough, I just signed up for two photography classes on Crafty, uh, and one is for just getting to know your camera better, and the other one's for food photography. So, you know, uh-huh. I am actually already following her advice, so I, that really kind of struck a chord. What about you? What was your biggest takeaway or favorite piece of wisdom from everything we just talked about? Well, I love her, and uh, one of the things I really liked was the point that she made that, you know, your photographer is in every picture, and so if you are the photographer, that's you, but if you work with a photographer, it is going to be them, and so you're looking for somebody who, like, they see things to some extent the way that you do, right, mm-hmm. and and I think that that is a really, like, I think that often when we look at a photographer, we're looking at, like, the style or where have they shown up or who else have they photographed? And all of those things can be useful, but really what we're what we wanna think about is, you know, is this the person like do I want this energy in the pictures that I share with my people? And I just think that that was such a good point that she that mm. she made that I had never really thought about as clearly before. Yeah, right on. Right on. So awesome. So towards the end of each episode, as you all know, we like to share a few fun tidbits, like the books that we've been reading lately or the blogs that we're obsessed with, our favorite songs, TV shows, food, lots of food, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just some fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa and I together are like lots of food. So fun stuff that we think you, our lovely listeners, might enjoy discovering. Sometimes we'll share business-related recommendations, and sometimes we won't because, you know, you can't just do business 24-7. It's not good. So, Teresa, what is something that you've discovered recently or something that you've been loving on? Well, my husband loves these, you know, superhero movies and action flicks, and I've been going through so many of them, I've gotten sick of it. And I said, you know what, I need something dark. I like really dark, you know, depressing movies or documentaries or things that, you know, really show kind of a disturbed part of what's going on with people. I like, you know, sad stories and stuff like that, which is odd because I'm happy-go-lucky. So my husband said, well, here's one for you. He found this guide for some some films that were supposed to be um, indie films, and there's one called Hounds of Love, and it's an Australian film. And so I checked to see if it was going to be shown here, and it wasn't. So I said, forget it. I'll just get it on Amazon, and we'll watch it. And it is this really dark, terrible movie of this serial killer couple who kidnapped this girl. Of course, you know, they're going to do terrible things and murder her, but the girl gets kind of inside their head a little bit too. And so there's all this interplay between, you know, the couple and her and 
all you could just see all their stories. It's so well acted, and it just ends up. It ended up spurring a whole bunch of conversations with my husband and I about, you know, how does one member of a couple talk another into something like this, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we've been having a lot of discussions around it. It's a really intense film. It's not for the squeamish. Uh, it's incredibly acted. So I highly recommend it. It's called Hounds of Love. What about you, Bree? Ooh, Hounds of Love. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> well, no, it might actually, be interesting. Like, it might not I... I like dark. I totally like dark. I, I, I absolutely do. You know, I've got a lot of stuff in the eighth house. So I am, yep. I'm into mysteries. I'm into serial killers. Um, just generally speaking. Yes, I can roll with it. So what, but I, but my exciting thing right now is not dark. Um, okay. I am is it light? On, <laughs> it is light. It is light. Well, it's sort of light. So I'm catching up on the new season of the Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt, which I don't know if you've seen this. It's on Netflix, and Tina Fey is the producer of it. And it is about a girl who was kidnapped and held in a bunker. And the story begins when she's released and she goes to New York. And she is such a babe in the woods. And mm-hmm. so and it's a, just, it's a great, like, there's a, there's a really smart feminism that runs throughout the entire series and I think there's now two or three seasons of it um and the characters are hilarious if you like Tina Fey's work like you'll see her touch everywhere and and it's just and it's and it's the idea is resiliency you know how we can come out of these really crazy traumatic events and there's still so much light and still so much love and still so much passion and also you know a lot of a lot of things that are triggers or blind spots that we have to navigate and but it's hilarious it's just so funny so I'm catching up on that and I love it love it love it well I I I have heard about that I've not seen it so I'm going to put a little note to maybe finally get around to get some Netflix so I can watch that so that, last but not least, let's let's go with a few announcements. Bree, is there anything that you want our listeners to know that's happening in your business world? Do you have any upcoming classes, new projects, or things like that? I am knee-deep in my Star Magic class, which I am loving, and I am loving working with my students on all things astro. Um, but until June 3rd, those of you who would like to try the Lunar Light service for six months instead of the full year, I usually make this available only in December, and when it's available in December, it's a 12-month uh, service. But right now, you can get six months of devotional candles lit on the full moon, and you get your candle lit, and then you receive a report. So if anyone is interested in that, you can find that on my website. That is the big thing going on right now. What about you, Ms. Teresa? I know that the Tarot Lady has book tour awesomeness to share. I do. Um, I'm going to Toronto at the Hermit for the Hermit's Lamp in June, and I'm also going to be stopping back at the Boston Tea Room in Michigan. So I'm going to be doing classes at those two places. And also, I've got a very, very special virtual class that I'm going to be doing. I'm not giving you all the details, but it's with Shaheen Miro, who I absolutely adore. We're going to be announcing that next month, and it's going to be fantastic. So that's that's just a little teaser. So awesome, I like it. Yes. Yeah, so 
Before we sign, sign off, a happy reminder, if you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free. And you can find that by going to iTunes and searching for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. Or you can go to my site, click on Free Resources, and you want to hop on down to podcasts where you will find Talking Shop and everything is right there. Bree, where they where can they find it on your site? Same deal, you guys. Go to resources and you will find one tab with all of the archived shows and then you'll find another that has the next upcoming show advertised as well. And we just want to remind you that if you love Talking Shop, please be kind and leave a nice little review on iTunes. This review process helps more mystical business owners, more sacred artists find their way to the show. And we always get really sweet notes from um, listeners telling us how much a show really helped them or inspired them. And so if you'll just leave a few words on iTunes for us, that would be awesome. It helps us find our people and vice versa. So that is a wrap. For this episode, please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. And we are transitioning. We're going from awesome photography to taxes. But taxes are crazy important, as all of you know. And we're going to bring back Jessica Reagan-Salzman of Heart-Based Bookkeeping. She will give us the lowdown on taxes. This was actually a subject we wanted to talk with her about the first time we had her on the show. And we, she had so much great information that we didn't get to this topic, so we wanted to create a whole show around it. Because this is a place where there's a lot of pain, sometimes there's some shame, and we want to cut through all of that, and Jessica is the person to do that. Right on. I love Jessica, so I can't wait, because I think the tax word is like the F word for a lot of people in yeah. our industry. So definitely join us next month, and that is going to be on June 28th at 8 p.m. Central Time. So until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. And, Bree, where can they find you? And you all can find me at briannasafi.com. Thank you all for listening, and have a beautiful evening. Good night. Good night, everyone.